As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. As I drive along this nondescript suburban street dotted with your standard fare of KFCs and Pizza Huts and CVS pharmacies, it seems like pretty much any other main suburban neighborhood thoroughfare here in Northeast Ohio. But as I pull into the Mercedes-Benz of North Olmsted dealership, I wonder to myself if everybody else knows that there's something a little special to this place. I don't mean the shiny glass structure itself or the ambient waterfall that cascades inside. That's probably par for the course for any luxury car dealership. But do people know that hidden inside this bastion of classy automobiles sits the biggest advocate of bringing blockchain to Northeast Ohio? I do. Hey, I'm here to see Bernie Marino. Because today I'm about to sit down with the architect of Blockland himself, Bernie Marino. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. 
Rocket Ship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So you actually sat down with Bernie Moreno. I sure did. With someone like Bernie, who runs companies that bring in hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue each year, he's the father of Blockland, so to speak. I can't imagine it was easy to track him down. Well, I'd like to say that it took months of hard work on my end and lots of back and forth. And then finally, Bernie granted me this rare moment in time with him. But? Well, that wasn't the case at all. The (laughs) truth is, Bernie responded almost immediately to my request for an interview. And about a week after that, I was sitting right there, sitting side by side, right next to Bernie in his office. He was actually really accommodating. Well, from everything we've learned about Bernie, why would we be surprised by that? Regardless, it was exactly what we would have wanted it to be. I mean, Bernie was definitely not shy or reserved in talking about his steadfast belief in Blockland. And he told me a bit more about his story, too. It turned out that Bernie's foray into the blockchain wasn't just a pragmatic one, but it actually had something to do with leaving a legacy for his family. My son wanted to be in the car business and or, or be in business with me. So what I wanted to do is think about what's a business that I could pass on to him that's really a gen- what I call a generational business. And I came to the conclusion that the car dealership model wasn't a generational business, meaning that people won't buy cars in 25 or 30 or 40 years the way people buy cars today. So that's not really a generational business. So I was thinking, what else can we do? So let's look at technology. I've not been studying blockchain. So I made the decision to sell a bunch of dealerships and uh, take that money and kind of pivot toward a technology career. To pause there just for a second, that's that's huge. Uh, Bernie Moreno has made his money in auto dealerships, and he's made a lot of it. For, for him to start selling dealerships to pivot, as he says, it's a pretty bold move. It is. It is. And for many, a pivot to tech might mean a change of scenery, you know, maybe to the West Coast or East Coast or place like Austin, Texas. But Bernie didn't see it that way. As I got the tech people and uh, the executive people and everybody else around the room, literally where you're sitting, and they all said, well, where do you want to do this? Thinking like Westlake, North Homestead, Ohio City, downtown, they're like, no, anywhere but Cleveland, like not Cleveland. Like, let's go back to Boston, let's do Miami. Should we go down to Austin? Should we go to uh, Denver, Uh, you know, California? And so Blockland was really born from that exact moment in time and that literally sitting here at this desk where I said, whoa, wait a second. You're telling me that you guys are the smartest people I can think about to bring on board to start a tech company. All of you are telling me not to do this in Cleveland. That's not good. Because if that is a thing, then Cleveland will eventually die. And uh, because I love Cleveland, I want to live here. Cleveland is where I made all my money. Um, I said, I'm just going to see if I can change the situation on the ground. You know, like the military, right? Yeah. It changes the situation on the ground. And so that's where Blackland was born. So that was uh, back in May of 2018. Okay. And uh, so I said, okay, well, how, how would we do this? So I started brainstorming myself. You know, what would, what would really attract an entrepreneur? May of 2018. I, I still can't get over how quickly everything came together. Yeah, it was so fast. But yes, it was then when Blackland really started to sort of take shape basically put together a group of what I consider really smart people from Cleveland that I knew. And, and I knew that I had to have the institutional support. So there's Destination Cleveland, Cleveland Foundation, GCP, Jumpstart, Team Neo, 
blah, 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 blah. He nailed it, right? Okay, so he's throwing out a lot of names, acronyms, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do, do you know what any of these mean? Oh, yes. Okay, well, we've already heard about groups like Jumpstart and Destination Cleveland, but Bernie mentions Team Neo. Now, they try to attract new businesses to Northeast Ohio. Uh, the Cleveland Foundation, that's the largest community foundation in the area. It's actually the fourth largest one in the whole country. And GCP, Greater Cleveland Partnership, it's sort of like a chamber of commerce for Northeast Ohio. All right. All right. Got it. So we got a bigger group. Now it's 50 people at Jumpstart the next meeting in June uh, of 2018. And in between, uh, I said, let me take really important people that would be catalytic for the effort up to see the Blockchain Research Institute in Toronto. So I flew, the, I kidnapped them, I flew them <laughs> up to Toronto. And I think their light bulbs were off. Because I think there, it was, and I've gotten some grief with all the private jet. I said, they would not have gone with me if I said, meet me in Toronto and you mm-hmm. take a commercial flight. Yeah. This was, meet me at 1230, I'll bring you back at 430 and I'm gonna feed you. Yeah. So the interruption of the day was small. The way there was about, how did Bernie all convince us all to get on this plane? <laughs> the way back was, wow, there's something really here. So we had a meeting in June, and at that meeting it was, listen, this isn't gonna, this isn't a one-person effort because if this is Bernie's initiative, it's dead immediately. This has to be a full-blown community effort, ground up, grassroots, totally inclusive. Everybody's got to be rowing the, uh, row, uh, row in the water. Everybody said, yeah, we're in. Let's do it. So then we created these formalize these nodes so people can poke fun at the private jet trip excursion to toronto with cleveland's movers and shakers but it sounds like sounds like that trip might have been a catalyst to actually transform this idea into like something real it sure sounds like it but did he really need all of these civic superstars on board i mean bernie is this successful businessman he started and grown companies before why not just start a company to do these things like run the conference create a blockchain workplace well, I think those are good questions. So good that I asked him that. We have blockchain companies that we're going we're gonna to have technology companies that use blockchain. It's a better way to say it. Because mm-hmm. I'm saying a blockchain company is a mean right. thing. So we're gonna, we, we've created tech companies that use blockchain that will operate in Cleveland. Different than black land, which is how do we get the whole community moved in a direction of innovation and technology? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been a lot easier to do the first one first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then once I got that done, then start to, but um, I thought the timing was critical. Timing was not on our side, it never is. Opportunities come and they go. Uh, so there's some confusion with people. It, it does my blockchain personal companies, what does that have to do with the initiative? And the answer is nothing. Because mm-hmm. I could do these tech companies anywhere. Right. I'm just choosing to do them here in Cleveland. Right. And it doesn't hurt or help the effort one way or the other. So there is something in this for Bernie, personally. He does have these blockchain companies that he's already started and he's investing in. That's true. He does. But he opted to keep them in Cleveland. And the whole Blockland initiative, while separate, it will benefit those companies. But according to Bernie, it's going to benefit Cleveland as a whole so much more. My model I really use is Pittsburgh. The idea that if you looked at the map of the United States and said, what city in America should be the leader in a time that's driving cars... You'd say Detroit, I and mean, of course. I mean, there wouldn't even be a question. Of course, Detroit. Why is it Pittsburgh? Like, why Pittsburgh? I mean, there's no reason that autonomous driving cars should be 
such a focus there versus everywhere else in the country. And it was just because they raised their hand and said, we want it. Hmm. So for Cleveland, it's, we want, we're going to be incredibly significantly relevant in blockchain, especially as it comes to the business and government applications of blockchain. Yes, it's early. I get that commentary all the time. It's so funny. You go, blockchain is not going to be adapted fully to two or three years. Exactly. <laughs> because if it were adapted now, it would be somewhere else. Yeah. So the fact that we can get there first, that's what's really important. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then by doing that, it brings all kinds of tech. Because there's no such thing as a blockchain company. It's a tech company that uses some piece of its technology on blockchain versus a single-use database. And so it brings all tech to Cleveland. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Well, you've said it before that he may be the greatest salesman of his generation in Cleveland. And, you know, I, I can see what you mean. I can see how others can be persuaded by someone like Bernie. He's right about Pittsburgh. Yes, they have a great academic institution like Carnegie Mellon and, you know, others with, with talent coming out. But does that alone put it above other markets for being the center of autonomous auto tech? Well, it's certainly helped. But yes, the comparison makes you think a bit. I mean, why not Cleveland, especially with institutions like Case Western Reserve University and plenty of others and their own pools of talent here as well. So why does Bernie think that Cleveland leaders have been so warm to Blockland? You mean aside from the messenger, Bernie himself? (laughs) Right, right, of course. There's civic pride with the idea that I really enjoy living here. I don't like to keep losing technologies where it's all at. So technology is no longer kind of like this interesting kind of dorky person thing. It underpins everything. We have some decent amount of tech that goes on here. And by the way, those other four cities are populated by a lot of people from Ohio. Yeah. Right? That are like, I'd rather live in Cleveland. I don't like living in San Francisco. I don't like living in Seattle. I don't like living, I'd rather live in Cleveland, but there's nothing there for me. And I think the other piece for people more my age are people looking at it saying, if we don't make a play in tech, my kids will never come home. Because nobody, no kid today, and I say kid, 18 to 22 year old, says, I'm gonna spend my life in manufacturing. That's not, that's not a thing. Yeah. Right now, if you say to them, hey, there's manufacturing technology, mm-hmm. and you can sure. do that, oh, I'm in for that. Yeah. But, uh, so they, they have the call of the West and the call of the East. And uh, so I think everybody looks at that and says, we have to do this now. And those naysayers we've heard from, what does Bernie have to say to folks like that who just not might not be buying what he's selling? So I got a lot of people say, oh, that means you don't like criticism. That's not true. Uh, criticism is incredibly important. It, it, it framed as, hey, instead of doing that, do this. To which, my respect, to which my response is always, do it. <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning, if, meaning if that's what you want to do, the best example is uh, Chantel Moody. Came up to me after one of the meetings early, June, July, and said, hey, you don't have any young people engaged in the effort in a significant way. I said, you're exactly right. What do you think we should do? I said, well, they should be embedded in every node, and we should have a separate node that really thinks about uh, um, uh, these issues. I said, you're right. Congratulations, you're the new co-chair. <laughs> Figure, find somebody else to be your co-chair. She picked Aaron, and that's how the next-gen node is. Yeah. So that's not criticism. That's, hey, I, 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 I want to make the effort better. But just to armchair quarterback it and not contribute, that's that's what I don't like. So to Bernie, it's okay to be a naysayer if you have a solution. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Although for the people who just don't believe in the initiative at all, 
Well, Bernie thinks they'll come around, but I should note that Bernie believes that if the entire Blackland initiative is seen as Bernie's initiative, so to speak, it will actually fail. In his eyes, it can't just be him making the moves. It can't just be his vision. Yeah, that's just not sustainable. And to be fair, it isn't just Bernie even today. I want so desperately for those people to really get the credit that they deserve uh, because it's because a lot of people interview me and it's, it's like, that's not really fair. To them. Sure. Lots and lots of other people who've done so much work. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's getting less and less. I think people, it's kind of happening not on its own, but I think once the conference is over, there's no question in my mind that it'll be an aha moment collectively for the entire community. Well, of course, but at this point, let's face it, Bernie is the heart of the initiative. I, I guess another question is, how long can that stay the case? A year from now, could that still be true? Well, and what does Blockland look like in a year or five years? Well, next week in the last episode of this Blockland series, we're going to talk about what's next for Blockland, or at least what could be next. Yeah. In the meantime, though, I asked Bernie one last question. I told him that we have listeners from all over. Some from San Francisco, from Boston, from Austin, Texas, all over the world. I asked Bernie what his message was to them. And like any great salesman does, Bernie <laughs> got selling. Everything that you've got in those cities for a lot less money Aren't you better off having a quality of life that says, I now have disposable income to travel, to buy a new pair of shoes, to buy a watch I wanted, right? To be able to relax a little bit more, to burn less capital in my startup. That's what Blockland's all about. And I think what, and by the way, the traffic, like, you know, you'll drive here to North Olmsted, we're 15 miles out of downtown. You live in Boston, you live in Andover, and you go downtown, you have to plan that trip. Yeah. And you're not coming downtown twice. Yeah. Because that's going to take you all day. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's benefits, but at what cost? And I think those cities have priced themselves out of that market. It's a great place to raise a family. We're going to offer all the, all, all the tech talent in the world. We're going to have the entrepreneurial system. We're going to have this tech center. Uh, start packing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what those people in those cities think about. They should start thinking about coming to Cleveland uh, because we, we have it. We have uh, everything those cities have and more. Uh, by the way, no forest fires, no earthquakes, <laughs> no hurricanes, no tornadoes. Right? Yeah, we get a little bit of cold weather, <laughs> but you know what? Your house is still going to be standing after right. it snows. Start packing indeed. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you can check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com.